Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Oh, yo, I'm going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying, this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you! The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. Make the right play. And in life, it's the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me, our Atlanta Hawks fly-through edition. Um, glad to have, of course, John and Fresh back with me, the Hoopers Pod. Um, how you guys doing today, man? Good, man. How you feeling? Yeah, man. Good. Not that good. Good. Hopefully, we pull out this win. I know uh, Bryce, which is uh, our our new guy that we got on today, Bryce Lewis from uh, Fan Media Network, uh, a fellow Hawks fan. I think he also does the NBA Carousel with me. Um, with JB and uh, Megan, uh, a few other people on Facebook. How you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. Doing all right, y'all. All y'all doing good? Yeah, yes, sir. I know he's uh watching the yes, game. Sir. He'll be able to let us know if we if we're able to pull it out or not. Um, our Hawks <laughs> right now are playing the Heat. I think last time he said we was up by 14 a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. maybe like four, three or four minutes. So hopefully we're able to pull it out. Um, but other than that, like I said, looking forward to a loaded show today. Um, but of course, first off, we have to start with. Um, a guy that's not heading our team right now, Nate McMillan's on the bench, um, head coach. We received news yesterday, unfortunately, that uh, our guy, Lord Pierce, was fired. Um, and it's crazy timing. I know we'll get into it, but, you know, right after he just went through practice, walked through, spoke to the media and everything, um, you know, everybody got that notification that he got let go. So just initial thoughts on, uh, I guess, just the Hawks firing Lord Pierce. And uh, since Bryce, you're, you know, our, our special guest today, I'll let you go first. Uh, yeah, man. So, um Obviously, you know, today there's been a lot of aftermath, you know, usually when things like this happen, a lot of things come out. So I've been reading some things today, getting more depth into what happened with the situation, plus things that I've observed. Mm-hmm. And basically, man, it, it sounds like it, it got to a point where somebody had to go and it wasn't something that they could wait to do. Because basically, in one of the articles, it basically said that the players went to management and said, mm-hmm. we need to make a change. So when that happens, you know, all right, the players are saying this, something has to happen. Yeah. And, you know, the craziest thing to me when I read everything today was that Boyd Pierce has actually kind of been a little shaky with the players ever since he first started coaching. And it initially started with John Collins uh, because John Collins wanted the offense to run through him a little bit. Mm -hmm. And basically, apparently, according to the article, that Lloyd Pierce kind of scoffed at a little bit and said he was selfish. And so that kind of got him and John's relationship off to a shaky start. 
then there was another one on Cam. Cam felt like, you know, he's been a big question in the Hawks community, people wondering already if he's a bust. But a lot of mm-hmm. people have he basically in the article, he basically felt he was tar- like singled out and he was targeted at practices. And so he didn't really feel 100% comfortable with Lloyd. And then obviously the Trey Young stuff, which is the star of the team. Also, mm-hmm. the fact that at the com- com- competitions committee that they have there in the offseason, you know, where they change rules and everything. Yeah. Lloyd Pierce basically called out Trey and said, I don't like the way he draws fouls. And apparently he hates the way he draws fouls. Oh, wow. So if your coach is not in agreement with the players and the players feel that, there's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they had to go to the assistant coaches just so they could get Lloyd Pierce suggestions because they feel like they couldn't go to him themselves that's a pretty big deal to me and so mm-hmm. that's why I think I definitely feel like the players are ready for this voice I think you know so far by looking at the game mm-hmm. we have 19 seconds left we're up by 12 so we're about to win okay and we've played basically four games with Nick McMillan as our head coach mm-hmm. and we would be three and one on the year so with him as our head coach so it seems like clearly with a new voice they seem to play better especially when I watched the game tonight I saw a really good a really good defense. We played really good defense tonight, mm-hmm. better team defense. Trey put a little bit more effort on defense. And also there was more ball movement. I didn't feel like it was Trey young eccentric tonight. It was yeah. kind of, everybody was involved, especially with Bogdanovich coming back. So overall, you know, I like what Lloyd did for the community. I like that, you know, what he, he tried to do for Atlanta, but as a coach, mm-hmm. it just seemed like it just wasn't working and the relationship with the players wasn't there. And so if there's anything he should take from this experience is that, Maybe if he ever gets the opportunity again, he needs to learn how to work with people better. Because I mean, if your players don't like you, I'm not saying no. I'm not saying they're throwing <laughs> games or anything, yeah. but they may not go that extra mile because I mean, I really kind of don't want you here. So do mm-hmm. I really want to win? And then that's going to be reflected on you, and then they're going to keep you. So that's just my thoughts on it initially. Yeah, John Fresh, what do you guys think about the situation? Um, well, initially. Because uh, we talked about it a little bit last week that he mm-hmm. was on the hot seat and yeah. if he was going to make it through the season. And um, I, I initially thought that he he probably would uh, before, you know, just when you take into account the injuries and really mm-hmm. a lot of the slide started with Bogdanovich and Dre got hurt back to back. When he got let go, you know, like Bryce said, he had to dive a little deeper and figure like this can't just be about the losing. Mm-hmm. It's logical for, you know, some of the issues they've had. So, um, you know, you just kind of go back to, like you said, issues with with uh, he might have had with Trey and Cam and, um, you know, and then you when you have that experience, when you are underperforming, you got such an experience and a uh, coach on the bench like Nate, mm-hmm. um, different voice and the Hawks expectations were high this year. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of not surprising mm-hmm. that they did make the call, but I thought he was going to make it through the end of the season or whatever. And I, I think. You know, it, it's some things that Lloyd could do better. Um, and I did read some of the things he was saying, too. But I think that's yeah. on some of the players to be better also. I mean, John Collins is a really great player. I don't think we should be running mm-hmm. off through John Collins, especially not with Trey on the team. Yeah. But you have to, if anything, have to be on the same page with your best player. So mm-hmm. once you lose Trey, you basically lose your job. Lose your job. Yep. <laughs> um, I guess I don't want to sound surprised because we were just talking about this may be a possibility on the show last week. Yeah, was. Um, I thought he would get to the offseason. They try to maybe see if he can make a late playoff push, you know, and kind of go from there. But like I say, once you, once the players kind of tune your voice out and they don't want to hear what you have to say, those fourth quarter losses start to make sense now. Yeah. Like, 
a lot of like the losses have come in the second half or up 10, 15 points. Um, I guess, like I say, go ahead and give, you know, fire him now. Maybe you can convince Nate later on to keep the job or you can go ahead and start searching for a new coach now, especially with All-Star, the All-Star day being in Atlanta. You can go ahead and start talking to a couple of sisters here and there, gauging their interest in head coaching. But, like, that's just crazy, some of that stuff. And as Lloyd, you got to be better as a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he'll get another chance. He can write some wrongs later on at another opportunity. Yeah. Just uh, I guess the second to, to piggyback off all you guys, Bryce, actually, you know, I was I, I think I know what article I guess you, you were reading or the few things that you're reading. But I never I didn't get the chance to dive into it a lot today because mm-hmm. I was uh, pretty busy. But um, a lot of the things that you, you know, just brought to light it a little bit shocking. Like I, it's things I guess I wouldn't think that Lloyd Pierce would do. Um, but just like, you know, just like Fresh said. I definitely, and I tweeted about it yesterday, I thought he'd at least make it through the season, just given, you know, the injuries, unfortunately, that we've had at, uh, you know, with Hunter and uh, Bogey. But I guess I also said it's just weird timing. I wasn't expecting, you know, obviously two games before All-Star break. If anything, typically when we see stuff like this, it happens at the break or, like you said, they kind of give him the benefit down and let him finish out the season. And I kind of tried to joke about it. I was like, maybe they, they uh, want to learn their lesson. They didn't want to be, you know, like the Falcons with Dan Quinn and give him an extra two weeks um to, to throw the rest of our season so um but it is surprise it wasn't like i said it wasn't surprising we did say it was on the hot seat what the last week or two weeks ago um but just to hear the 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 disconnect between the players and him how i guess you know drastic it was and to feel like they had to you know let him go immediately like before you know tonight's game um you know just a little concerning but like you guys said he, he has done a lot of good things for the community but hopefully wherever he goes he, he learns from this um I think we talked about it last week as well that we thought that it may be not a little too early for him to get head coaching job because we were, you know, happy, like, you know, we like to see African-American men, of course, you know, playing these prominent positions. But did he kind of skip a few steps before, you know, make being able to, you know, lead these young men? But, yeah, um, I guess like what Bryce just said as well, um, we definitely see a lot of change. I didn't really get to fully see the game. I saw a little bit on the way home, but. To hold, I don't know what they ended up with, but I know it was a low scoring contest and to, to hold them to what probably 80 something points. Mm-hmm. That's that's big right there for me. I, I couldn't ask for no more than that. And uh with the win, and like you said, three and one with Nate McMillan as the head coach. Um, so I guess we'll segue over to that real quick. Um, he was a little hesitant yesterday to take it, um, because him and Lloyd Pierce are pretty tight. Um, and he didn't know he didn't feel, feel comfortable with it with taking it, but I think Lloyd Pierce, you know, kind of talked to him into it and said it, it would be good um you know for him to lead them the rest of the the way this year so given this first game um and i'll start with you guys the hoopers as well um what i guess do you expect nate mcmillan to do differently um and are you i guess happy just in overall with this type of change uh, i think we're gonna see a more team oriented offense trey's definitely gonna have his time to pick his spots john the same thing but i think he's gonna preach ball movement first and then defense one b because that's one thing. That's two things we know about Nate McMillan. He's gonna move the ball, and they're gonna play great defense. He did. I did see what he said. Um, he didn't know if he wanted to take the job full time. Mm-hmm. He said one already with him as head coach. Maybe he finished the season off strong. He changed his mind. I don't know if Trey is gonna really buy into the whole into extra ball movement. Like I said, he's putting up great numbers already individually, basically twenty eight nine the last two years. So when you kind of already are setting that, is he gonna want to change and? Hear what Nate got to say about some offensive philosophies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, w- I was actually reading before we came on just to, 
to uh you know the talk that Nate was having with Travis, the GM, about you know he didn't necessarily come down here to be the head coach, so it caught him off guard. Mm-hmm. And like I said, uh, him and Lloyd are pretty tight, and you know Lloyd Pierce kind of convinced him to take the job. Mm-hmm. You know Nate is an experienced coach; uh, he's had some success. He played in the league, which I think is really helpful. You know he played mm-hmm. in the league for 10 years, uh, so. You know, having been able to walk the walk and talk to talk like a player, I think that kind of it helps with relationships and things like that. And he's he's gotten a lot out of teams who you probably didn't expect some yep. from. I mean, you know, he had the Pacers in the playoffs these back to back years, and he didn't necessarily get fired there because they were bad, just because they didn't, you know, really take that next step. But I like I like Nate. I think they're definitely going to play, uh, you know, defensively. It's going to mm-hmm. be uh, at the top of his priority, and like you said, ball movement. I think he's going to get the help of getting players back also because, yeah. uh, you know, as we get healthier, you know, the team is still going to be set up to make a run into the playoffs. So I hope he considers taking the job. Mm-hmm. Also, kind of feel like he felt kind of funny about taking the job with another African-American losing his position. Exactly, yeah. I think that would make it a little funny also, mm-hmm. um, especially since he sold him on coming here. He said that Lloyd Pierce really sold him on his plans, and that's why he agreed to take the job on the bench. But I like, I like Nate and that experienced voice for such a young team mm-hmm. um, you know we got young main players um i think will help them to make a playoff push exactly bryce what uh what do you think uh nick well one are you happy about the uh the change i think live is kind of like i said on on the fence but definitely happy overall to see him be like i said playing better i think i just put a partial pass said the whole team's body language is different now but one are you happy with the change and what do you think he brings deep uh different uh yeah, I'm I'm happy with the change. I think it's always good, you know, when the players tune out. It's good to have another voice in there, and him being another voice and a familiar voice, because mm-hmm. you know you kind of you kind of see this a lot in certain situations on teams. You know, players maybe prefer an assistant coach over the head coach because they feel like there's more of a connection there than the head coach. And you know, you can kind of maybe say that's what happened in, in with the Clippers. You know, when Ty Lue became head coach, mm-hmm. and I think this is a good move. I think. You know, even Nate even said he he can't really make full adjustments with the team until yeah. after All-Star break. Uh-huh. So what they're going to be doing today, which obviously they won, and then tomorrow when they play Orlando is just, you know, just small adjustments. And mm-hmm. then they can make major ones later. And I think the good thing about where we are right now, you know, we're still in playoff position. We are now, I think the Heat was the team above us. So now we beat them. So we're probably a game behind now for that 10 spot, which is that cutoff to actually mm-hmm. get a chance against the playoffs yep. and we're getting healthier because like i said bogey came back deandre hunter should be back beginning of april late march yeah. uh for that late stretch and as long as we don't have any serious injuries we should be good to go so i think nate's going to be really good for us because nate has success in the regular season he's had mm-hmm. regular season success with portland yeah. and indiana mm-hmm. it's just his issues have been the playoffs and we can worry about that because what what's the ownership <laughs> yeah. group's main goal this year make the yeah. playoffs. playoffs they fashion some people wonder if we should still be in a rebuilding year right now, but they fast track playoffs and Nate can win regular season games to get you there. So I, I, I do expect us to play better. I, I think Trey, I think a lot of people have been questioning Trey throughout mm-hmm. this entire process. And I just want to say, I, th- I think Trey can adjust. I think Trey truly wants to win. And the thing about Trey is that one thing I saw when we were like, when we started, I think three and one, four and one this year was I felt like Trey was very efficient in those games. Mm-hmm. He wasn't taking 25 shots. He was taking, 14 shots was still able to get 20 30 because that's what the great scorers do be efficient 
And I think if Trey can be efficient, he won't need all those shots. And then we can have more of a ball team centric offense mm-hmm. and still get everybody involved. Cause remember they don't run the, they really don't call plays for John like that, but yeah. he's still averaging 19 and nine. Yeah. You know, so imagine if, if we caught a couple more plays for him, you know, and then, you know, with Clint Capella, he's been one of the best unsung players of, of our entire yeah. team. He's been the most consistent, I think, across the team. Exactly. And then, you know, I, cause I, I honestly, before the season two, I also looked at this team and I said, we're built in a way where, like, I always say we're built like the Lakers of last year, not from a winning perspective, but just from mm. we can play different styles. We can mm. play big because we have John, Clint, Bruno, you know, uh, Kongu. Uh, oh, yeah, Kongu. And then we could go small, put John at the five, DeAndre, Cam. So we have the ability to play different lineups, different types of games, and we have talent every line. There's not a lineup where, like, ooh, we're a little weak here. Like, no, everybody can pretty much do their own thing. So mm. if Nate, I think Nate's going to make the right adjustments. I think he's going to make the right changes. I'm sure he's going to listen to what the players have to say. And I think if that happens, I expect us to have a play, play closer to what we played to start the season and not mm. after that stretch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely feel that as well. Um, main thing I'm hoping, of course, is like I said, defense and just piggybacking off of you guys, defense and, and ball and more orient, more ball oriented, team oriented offense. Which when that happens, like you said, it, it's times where I guess it's really like I said. That's my next question. We're gonna get into that like about our fourth quarter uh flaws, but um a lot of the times in fourth quarters we go away from what is working from the first three quarters. Uh, and a lot of that I guess is on Trey's shoulders because. Like he, I think I tweeted about it the other night. He, it pretty much was him three straight possessions that kind of caused us um, the game. And they went on that 10-0 run where he tried to throw a lob to John. It wasn't open. He missed a floater. He gave up two wide open threes in transition. I think he tried to have Clint Capella pick up Kendrick Nunn or something like that. So um, I guess that that's the one thing I'm definitely looking forward to, maybe just the fourth quarter adjustments and, and just adjustments in, in general with the lineups. Because I know that's the one thing a lot of people were saying Um Lloyd Pierce was having problems with with putting certain lineups in. He was having troubles calling timeouts in specific situations, making adjustments um, on on little small things, whether it was whether pressure and Trey or just getting the whole you know everybody involved with the offense. But yeah, I'm just say I guess it's a good start for tonight. Hopefully they can finish out the the season tomorrow um, on a high note with the win as well. And that kind of brings me to what uh, what you guys think about you know our mid season report. Either way, of course, we win or lose, we're going to be under 500. But pretty much everyone in the East besides the top four teams are under 500 <laughs> right now. So we still got it. Like Bryce said earlier, we still got, you know, we're still right there in prime position for playoff spot. We might be in the attempt seed, but we're one, one and a half games away from being, what, fifth, sixth. So yeah. um, just midseason report on, on the players. I know we've, we've done that before, kind of like uh, individual players. So I'll kind of just go down the line, say a player, and kind of give maybe say, we'll talk about each player, but then also midseason report as a team. I know it's a little hard because we haven't really had a full team yet. Haven't seen Chris Dunn. Bogey made a return tonight pretty solid. I think he only played, what, what 18 minutes. Um, Hunter's been out, of course. We haven't been able to see the full team on the court. But um, the guys that we do know that pretty much have led our team, Trey, John, Clint, um, we'll talk about them. So first, I'll, I like to start with Trey, of course, you know, all-star of our team, midseason report. What do you think he's done well and what do you think he needs to change going into the second half? Oh, it's my fault. I'll start with uh, the Hoopers first. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with Trey this year, uh, I agree with Bryce. Like early in the season, he was – you saw him kind of taking the next step as a mm-hmm. sport, being efficient uh, with using the talent that was around him 
And then I think they started winning. The Hawks kind of started feeling themselves a little bit and the injury started hitting. And, you know, you kind of go back to what you know when you're kind of losing uh, to try to right the ship. But overall, I mean, how can you fight 28 and 9 almost? Mm-hmm. You know, he, I, I know he's probably going to take it personal that he wasn't an all-star this year, mm-hmm. which is good because maybe that, you know, fuels him in the second half. Overall, I'll give Trey – I definitely give him uh like I give him a low A so far for the season just because his numbers are so great and he are he's leading the team. Mm-hmm. He's not having anywhere near a bad season at all. Um so I, I give him a, a low A to start the year. I, I love how he started off so efficient and trying to make growth. And I just think as the team gets healthy, it helps Trey also. Mm-hmm. I give him a high B because he's supposed to be the player that when these players do get hurt. He kind of holds it down a little more because it's already on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And he's had four quarters where he had bad turnovers. He's had bad shooting nights where it's like he's just throwing up shots because yeah. he's trying to draw those fouls, but the refs aren't giving them to him. Mm-hmm. And he ends up missing five more shots than he should. And he's just – he's supposed to keep the offense together as a point guard already. And as both Fresh and Bryce said, it just – when it gets away from him, it gets away from him. And he's not able to get it back. But when he's really good, is he's you know all star starter level good. Mm-hmm. So high B, I, maybe he puts it together and cuts down on the turnovers a tad bit in the second half of the season. Big time, Bryce. What do you think? Uh, I'll I'll give Trey a B right now because he's been very up and down this season. He's had stretches where he hasn't played well. He's had stretches where he's played great. I'm sure we remember the stretch after the first Brooklyn game. I think when Steve Nash made the comments. Then yep. I think the next I forget like eight nine games he averaged like 15 points a game and that's like you know that's Trey he doesn't average 15 points a game yeah and so I think consistency is going to be big for Trey in the second half of the year I do think I do think Trey you know that's I think Trey's a guy who obviously we know he's limited defensively like he he can only do so much because of the size so offensively is really he has to really take control and he's been having high assist numbers so he's been getting people involved and he needs to keep that up that's going to be important but I think smarter shot selection. One thing I saw in this game tonight against Miami, he usually when teams trap Trey, he kind of sometimes takes that long distance three because he's just like, I got to take a shot because I can't get a shot up. And t- this tonight, he really didn't do that. He, he 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 was scoreless all the way into the second quarter. Mm. And and it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It was just yeah. they were trapping him. They were, they were pressing the entire night on the Hawks. That's why the Hawks mm. had so many turnovers. But – he wasn't taking those risky shots. He was trying to be, okay, let me feed it to other people. Let me see if they can get a better shot. And I think that's how, if he continues to play that way, I think if we talk about this at the end of the year, his grade will go up because again, it's about trusting his teammates, not taking that wild shot. Yes, you can make the shot, Mm -hmm. but you don't always have to take the shot. And so if you make the right decisions in key situations, I think Trey will be fine because people forget his rookie year, he was third in fourth quarter scoring. Mm Mm-hmm. So he could be clutch because clo- Trey can close out games. And I'd rather Trey not have big first halves, but then second halves come alive when we need him most. But as long as the first half, everybody else is doing their thing, I think Trey, he's being the leader of the team in that situation. And he's bringing us home like a star player is supposed to do. I can't be complaining. But right now, I'll give him a B so far. Yeah, I'm right there on the same way. Kind of like B, B plus, um, like John said, for the same reasons. Um, there's times where he's, he's played spectacularly. Like I know – I was watching the game towards the end, um, coming home, and he had three threes in a row, nine points right there to help close out the game to put us up that that ten points. But there's also been stretches where I think he 
it's and unfortunately i know because he's young it's probably it, the stretches i think we've seen where he's been bad has been right after something happens in the media john Con the john collins and trey young situation the steve nash um you know comment um just things like that to where or even like say friction with him and lord pierce like things like that when they get out that's kind of like when we kind of have seen his, his bad stretches come um and john said it earlier just honestly for him for me just cutting down the turnovers making the right pass right decisions um obviously we could see it, it's it was a difference between him helping us go up by 10 today versus on sunday he helped us lose that game pretty much because he gave up a 10 point run. So um, just being smarter um, with his decisions and, you know, just like I said, being more confident with his whole team. Like I said, just uh, like we've been saying, preaching more team oriented ball, passing it up, giving, giving it to the guys that either have the hot hand and helping to finish out the game. Like I said, you don't have to have that big first half, but if you help close out the second half with either smart decisions, um, even taking that shot or making that pass and that that's more helpful in the long run, obviously. So I say B plus as well. Um, go, I guess we're gonna move on to our more, more consistent guy that I, I said in the beginning, Clint Capella. I think he's been the, the most constant guy that's you know, I think he made he had his 23rd double double tonight. Um, he pretty much comes in and does exactly what he needs to do. Um, yeah. I guess grade for Clint Capella, and I'll start again with you, Bryce. Uh, I'll give Clint an A. You know, in my in my last show for Van Media, I actually interviewed uh, Bob Brathman, mm-hmm. obviously, our TV TV. Uh, play-by-play announcer and you know he he told me some stats that you know Clint's top five in blocks I think he's number one in rebounds uh I think his his efficiency is top 10 in terms of front court players Clint has done a lot of things for us a lot of people didn't know what we had in Clint because remember he was hurt when we traded for him yeah and uh people were also worried because you know the NBA everybody shoots threes and like Clint's not really a guy who Mm. can like you want him away from the basket. Plus, he's not the greatest free throw shooter. But for what he's done for us, it's it's been it's been honestly wonderful because just knowing that we have a guy who can get tw- ten to fifteen, even twenty rebounds by himself on any given night, mm-hmm. putbacks, dunks, block shots. I mean, it's it's literally what has been a weakness for years with the Hawks is we've never had a true center, even with yeah. Al Horford. He we all he was undersized, you know, and he's like the first true center we've had in a while, and so. And I think he's played really well with John. So I think Clint definitely solves a lot of problems that we maybe had the last couple of years. And I think that, you know, Clint, I think moving forward, if he continues to play like this, I don't, I mean, there's really nothing else you can ask more of him to do, I guess, yeah. you know, except <laughs> if, if he keeps giving you 20, if he gives you 20 and 20, I mean, you can't, you really yeah. can't be mad, you yeah, know? Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> I think, I think Clint, a, He's done really well for us, and hopefully he keeps it up in the second half of the year. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to disagree with Bryce. <laughs> and you ask him, Clint, like, he's had 2020 games. He's had 2020-10 games. Mm-hmm. He's been a consistent shot blocker. He's good in pick and roll defense. I think he's been better at pick and roll defense than a lot of people would assume, mm-hmm. especially in Houston, where, you know, they did switch a lot, but he get caught on the wings with Stephen. That's always mm-hmm. that's a good match for anybody, honestly. Yeah. But he's been he's held down the paint as good as he possibly could. Yeah. He him and John don't clash. They're never in each other's way. He's been almost as perfect a pick and roll partner for Trey as you can ask. The only other perfect is John Collins, who can mm-hmm. dive to the basket or step back and shoot a three. So definitely an A for Clint Capella because I just don't see him playing any better than he could. We can throw it down there to him. He'll get a bucket for us. Mm-hmm. When you didn't see a lot in Houston, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, 
I agree with both of them. I think he has been the most consistent player, you know, 14 rebounds a game, high blocks, going to shoot a high percentage from the field. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, coming back from coming from the injury last year, you didn't really know what we did have in him, but you mm-hmm. can tell he's healthy and he's definitely engaged and fitting in and he fits right with the Hawks lead, seriously. So, yeah. Exactly, sure. yeah. Yeah. Hey, and it really ain't much to say. I'm the only thing I'm really happy about seeing, of course, like you guys say, like he hasn't everybody was always questioning whether him or John, like how could they fit, you know, at the five and the four and playing together. And it honestly looked, you know, seamless. Um, I, I was really no complaints. I was I, honestly when people were saying that I really had questions kind of like what they meant. And I guess I could kind of see why. I guess John's expanded role, being able to, you know, stretch the floor a little bit better. He's been able to knock down, you know, the three or a short corner shot or whatever the case may be a little bit more consistently. So I guess that's where the concern was. But he was starting to do that last year. Like every year his, his shooting percentage has improved and his has, his range has, you know, stretched out further and further. So, um, you know, it, it's hard to argue with the AA+. Plus. Um some old school folk might even think he was all star snub in a way. You can say you can't you can't be top five in all these type of categories and not even really get a look at the all star game. So um yeah, definitely right, yeah. a um what was who's next? Oh uh John, of course. I know this might be kind of short um as well, but uh I guess Missy's report on John Collins. Yeah, with John Collins, um I give John a B for this year. Um I think he's about where he's been uh you know, in the range he's been the last few years for scoring, uh, just like a point or two down from last year. Um, my only problem with John is I do see that his game has expanded offensively. He's getting better shooting the ball. He's mm-hmm. good pick and roll. But I just think it's kind of over rush for him to want the ball to go through him. I, I don't think he's that creative offensively where we need to necessarily play through him. And um, I just think this year was too good, too easy of a year for egos to kind of get attached and to let the media play in a part mm-hmm. into what's going on this season. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've just seen that effects with some friction of the team or whatever. But I mean, with that said, he's still 19, 18 a game, 18 and nine, 19 and nine a game. So, you know, him and Trey, I think, could be valuable partners going forward. We'll see if we still have John after the trade deadline. But I give him a B so far this season um, just because. I, I do think he's the one person that's been pointed at as where he may have some selfish tendencies with the team. I don't necessarily agree uh, completely with that, but I can see where people come from with it. Yeah. Oh, uh, I go. I'm going B plus because as his game does get better, you expect his numbers to rise too. But you know, he was basically 20 and 10 last year, 20 and nine last year. I know there's more talent on the team and there's more players who can create with the ball in the hand. So you expect numbers to be down a little bit. But I would expect his numbers to go up with trade numbers to go up because mm-hmm. there's going to be attention on trade and there's going to be so many open spots for him in different spots on the court that you would just expect him to hit those shots and take advantage of some mismatches. And why he does it some nights, he doesn't do it for whole games every night, whereas he might have a big first quarter yep. and then kind of starts to disappear in the second half or he won't have a big first half and then have a big second half. But by then, sometimes it's too late because now – We've let get, get we've let another game get away from us. So, like I say, a B plus just because the skill is getting better, but the production didn't really rise how a lot of people thought it would. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go B plus two. Um, one one thing about John, I think, is obviously we know that he's in his last year before he's a restricted free agent. He's he's going for a max deal or something very very close to it. Yeah. So obviously, you know, he's feeling like I have to prove myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, 
both of you like make really good points. I and, and my my thoughts when it comes to him getting the offense run through him is is like obviously we're not going to run the offense through him because of Trey, yeah. but I do think we could sometimes give him more looks because sometimes you have those games where we're kind of like oh he's going to get his points off like you know pick and roll alleys and you know putbacks and stuff like that because like you've said John's game has expanded where I mean he he got he he can do the turnaround Jay three point get to the rim. He can pretty much do it all over the floor. And so I think, and you've seen nights where, you know, if Trey was struggling or somebody was struggling, John might have 35 that night, 30 that night. Mm -hmm. So he's capable of getting points. Because one thing I always say about John is if we trade John, then who else on the team can do what John does uh, uh, consistently like John? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Gallinari, like, are we sure? He can shoot better, but what else? You know, so I I think John, I think – if they do decide to maybe get him more involved offensively, his numbers might tick up a bit. But right now, for what he has done for the season, I think he's he's played he's played well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? He's done basically what he could do, I guess, with the opportunities that he's been given. The fact that you're seeing that he works so well with Clint Capella and Trey, that's like huge. So clearly he's not a guy that you bring in there and it's like, oh, how does he fit? You, you, he kind of fits kind of seamlessly. And I think that's super important. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if John's numbers even picks an uptick, you know, like I said, second half of the year. But right now, to this point, I give him a B plus solid. Yeah, I think um, we did this before, probably episode three, I think, um, with some with grades. I think I'm going to give him the same thing. I think I may give him a B or B plus because um, in that episode, I said he ste- he has stepped up in games where we were missing, you know, guys. Maybe Clint Capella was in now, Trey was in now. Um, and obviously we have had other guys hurt. So he's, he's stepped up in times where he's had to. Um, and like, I guess I pay a little bit more closely attention to the numbers and stats sometimes because he is on my fantasy uh, basketball team. So there is times like you guys are all saying that he explodes. He has big games. He had a big game uh, on Sunday, but in the fourth quarter, I think he had maybe he, we only gave him the ball maybe once or twice kind of to Bryce point. He had 19 in the third, fourth quarter. I think he maybe had one or two shots um, in general. Why not keep running the offense through him if he's the one that's kind of, you know, getting you the bucket? And maybe that's why Trey tried to force that, you know, lob to him, you know, towards the, towards the end of the game. Um, but also I think we've talked about a little bit um, on his end as well. Sometimes not as much as Gallinari, maybe some other guys on our team, but sometimes uh, defensively can sometimes be a little bit of a, a little bit of a liability. Um, I think if he improves on in, on in that aspect, um, not saying he he can be a Clint Capella, like, you know, just a a rim protector, but you know, just a little bit, you know, gets more effort um, on that end, then we should be fine. But like Bryce just said, we're not going to run the offense through him, but I definitely can see in times and points where he is, he does have the hot hand where we can give him a little bit more touches because you know, like I said, point and blank on on Sunday. He had nine, like 19 in the third from John Collins. I didn't not really expecting that. I'm not saying he's not capable of doing that or we're not going to have too many games where he is doing that, but that's a game that he did that. So it's like, why not continue to try to feed him a little earlier in the fourth quarter, right. or, you know, than what we did. So I definitely give him a B as well. And to see, I, like I already said, him, and uh, him, Trey and Clint, how they're able to all seamlessly be able to play together. It, it's really cool to see. And hopefully when we have everybody back healthy, it'll be a different story in the second half of the year. Um, of course, I wanted to hit on the stars. The last midseason, you know, report guy. I, I guess I want to ask you guys or open the floor up to you guys. Of course, we've had a lot of guys hurt. Haven't seen Chris Dunn. Bogey came back today, but um, Hunter, 
like Bryce said, probably won't see him to maybe early April. Um, and a few guys has been in and out of the lineup. What guy on the team do you feel, um, I guess if they are hurt, is the most important piece that we need um, to come back and maybe make this late push? Or what guy, I guess, are you most excited to see and hope they get a little bit more minutes? Because I know I've seen, I've been in these Atlanta Hawks groups, a lot of guys kind of wondering why we don't play a con or Pierce didn't play a Congo a lot. Um, I know he was injured early on, but he's, you know, been healthy with the last 12 to 15 games maybe. Um, it's gotten little little minutes here and there. Um, but what guy, I guess, do you think is, is the missing piece? Obviously, there's probably a lot of missing pieces, but what guy do you think is the missing piece or that we need the most to make a, a – you know, a push in the second half of this. Well, uh, I guess I'll, you want to go first? Well, yeah, you got it. You got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, so I first, I want to make a point on a Congo before I actually go ahead with my player. Um, also coming out of that interview I had with Bob, one thing about a Congo is, you know, we have a lot of depth on the team and, mm -hmm. you know, he hadn't played basketball since March at USC, yeah. you know, then he didn't get drafted to November. Then he didn't have a summer league and then he only had one week of training camp and he was hurt. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, they've been trying to slowly ease him back in because I think, I think when you, especially when you come out of, you know, a start of season with injuries, you don't want to just throw him back in there. Yeah. And I think Bob was telling me, he was just like, yeah, he was like, he feels like a Congo really won't take off truly till next year, probably yeah. just because then he'll be able to get that full off season under huh. his belt. So He's like, if if we can get something from him now, that'd be fantastic. But let's not. I understand why we feel like we should play him more, but mm -hmm. like you know, we got to make sure like he's getting more comfortable. Though tonight he did seem more comfortable, so that's a good sign. But the player I think that we're gonna need down the stretch for me really is is going to be uh, honestly, it is not even DeAndre Hunter. It's it, it's Kevin Herter to me mm -hmm. because you know Kevin Herter is Trey Young's backcourt mate. Like that's 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 the guy back there, and we can make an argument that you know. Even in the beginning of the season, Bogdanovich was maybe playing slightly better than Kevin Herter, mm -hmm. even though Kevin was starting. And I think the thing about Kevin is when he's like going, I think our offense just opens up so much more because he is a guy who has the range. He can shoot the three. He can he, he he's had big games before. And I think and he's also an underrated defender to me because he is six, yeah. seven, but he's long. So he's also a guy who I would probably say is probably a better defender if you put him against Bogdanovich because I've heard it has a little bit more athleticism. So I think he's definitely going to have to play better down the stretch of the season, because if, if he can get going, it's going to help Trey, especially if you watch Hawks games, they kind of put the ball in Kevin's hand a lot, especially with the second unit yeah. or if they're trying to play Trey off ball because he has some ball handling ability. So he, he has some, he can make an impact on this team. I just think, if he can play better down the stretch and he can maybe bump up his scoring a bit because he's had some some moments. He's been spotty for the most part this season. True. Mm -hmm. If he can if he can uptick it, be more consistent, I think we'll, he'll be a big part of why we have we win down the stretch. And because one thing I said about this Hawks team before the season, honestly, we should be a top 10 offensive team with all the guys we have because we have shooting and we can score inside. And I think Kevin could be a big part of that. Um, I'm I, I'm glad you brought up uh, what you said about uh, a Congo before because I I agree completely. Like to uh, not have a summer league, a training camp, college season, college season, <laughs> season, and now you're just getting into it. Um, you know, and this is the NBA is the best players in the world. You know, you can't just throw throw them out there. So I I will be surprised if he 
really, really contributed, but whatever he can bring to the team would definitely uh, helpful. Um, as far as uh, who, what the team needs, I, I'm definitely a big DeAndre Hunter fan. I think he was, you know, Dre was taking kind of the next step before he got hurt. And I think he's uh, important to unlocking the Hawks. I mean, I've said a few times on the fly through, you look around the best players in the league. Yeah, you got a few bigs, but it's the KDs, it's LeBron, it's Kawhi, it's Paul George, that 6'8 wing. And he was getting to a point where he was comfortable with the ball in his hands and could score. So uh, him coming back, I think, could be really helpful. But I, I also have been saying on these five threes, the most important players are Kevin Herter to me and Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Herter should shoot a lot more threes than he takes because he is a really good shooter. Honestly, I, I I would like to see him take more threes. And I, for me, for Cam, I just want to see Cam play confident consistently. Mm-hmm. That's that's it, right? That's confident consistently, and whatever he does from that, I live with it because I think Cam is really talented defensively and offensively. He can handle the ball. He he is a solid shooter. He he's long. He's athletic. Um, and then Kevin is a good shooter. He's he's sneaky, sneaky, a better ball handler than you may think he is. Um, but I think he needs to put up more threes because his shooting kind of gets lost. I don't think it gets lost, but I don't think people realize he's a much better shooter than we think he is. And we already know that he's a good shooter. I think he's as a shooter. Facts. Um, I'm always going opposite. I do think Kevin Horder is very important to what the Hawks do. Mm-hmm. But I think having Bogey back is going to show how important he is because now, because mm-hmm. neither one of them are actual point guards, but they're both asked to perform to perform point guard duties off the bench, whether mm-hmm. that's creating for themselves, creating for somebody else, or running just running the offense in general. Mm-hmm. And now when you get Bogey back, who's also a good catch and shoot player, and you can kind of run those lineups with him, with Bogey, Kevin Hoyter, and Cam Reddish, and Cam and Cam is like almost to your point about DeAndre Hunter unlocking that team. I think Cam and what he can do offensively is also a key to it because now that's another almost big point guard you can have on the court that can slash and play defense as well. I've been saying I think Cam has all defense potential. Mm-hmm. Not this year, every year after this year. So getting Bogey back is going to help this team because it adds more height as well. Like yep. Trey, Trey being so little, you need those backcourt mates to be as big as possible to help hide them. Well, help them on defense, I should say. Not hide them on defense, but to help them on defense and on offense. Yeah. I think um, you, see, you guys pretty much named all the guys that, you know, pretty much would definitely come in and, and, and help produce immediately. I think Bogey is a good one as well. I, I Like I said, didn't, I only got to see him knock down one three tonight, but I think him being back, like you just said, kind of him and Herder helps, like I said, Trey in the backcourt, whether it's defensively or offensively. So I think, I think once in general, and I think everybody can agree on this, once we're healthy, we'll finally get to see the type of tr- – the true type of team that we – we're expecting to have come into the year um, to where we had such high hopes and, um, you know, basically sided us either fifth or sixth or better um, in the East. Uh, but before we get, you know, to the end part of the show, the fun part of the show that I'm really looking forward to, to hearing everybody's comments and everything. Do you guys think there is a trade that, or one of these guys, like I said, it has been so much, you know, not so much, but basically, you know, the turnover in the last 24 hours with Lloyd being out the door. Do you think there's any possible trades that we do make um, with veteran guys that we brought in? A lot of people in the beginning of the year kept saying, you know, we brought these guys in to where, yes, they can help us and push us uh, over that hump to become a playoff team. But if necessary, depending on how the year goes, we can maybe ship one of these guys out for maybe a proven guy, proven star, young guy that can still fit with our core. So do you foresee any trade, us making any trades? Um you know, with whether it's players like coming or going um, for the second half of the year? 
Uh, no, I don't think so. I think Travis is one of those GMs that he know what he just put into this team. So he at least mm-hmm. wants to see a healthy year with, um, you know, with the coach for a full year. I think mm-hmm. the team being hurt from day one with get starting with Gallo, Chris Dunn, Rondo being in and out of the lineup between COVID and his injuries, then having Bogey out, then DeAndre Hunter, and then Lloyd Pierce getting fired on top of that. We haven't, we basically haven't had a full team all year. Yeah. And I think Travis would like to see maybe, maybe, you know, see some of these picks play off, see just this team pay off and, you know, play well together. And maybe if not push for the playoffs this year, definitely push for the playoffs next year. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, John Collins is the name that's been in trade talks. I don't think we should trade him. Um, I'm going to hope that we don't. Uh, Maybe his restricted free agency may play a part in that. But as he said about Travis, our GM, you know, he did come over from Golden State where Golden State kind of built through the draft and free agency picks, not through trading a bunch of players. They like to build organically. And I don't think it's a direct fix out there now um, unless you're making like a huge splash for whatever that player is, which mm-hmm. I don't think that player is out there. Uh, so I think the team kind of tries to stick together, get healthy. And like like we said at the beginning of the show, you know, you're two games out of the what, <laughs> seven spot. So yeah. you have a good week and you're in the yeah. playoffs. So yeah. I would prefer that we, you know, just get healthy, hold down what we got, make it through the all-star break, come out there break firing so I, I don't expect any big trades but you have to acknowledge the john collins talk yeah yeah I, I think i think we're gonna stand pat too um when i when they when they were first initially talking about what they would want for john they said a high lottery draft pick so that's a team that's at the bottom of the one of the team east on one the uh western eastern conference right now i don't yeah. think anybody's gonna give up their lottery pick especially since this is supposed to be a really good draft this year i don't know if people mm-hmm. are just gonna throw picks out there like that so I think exactly. I think we're gonna stand pat for sure, um, as we should because I mean honestly I, I kind of you know if you actually if you actually think about our starting five and you think about our starting bench lineup you know I mean it, it actually looks really good on paper you know if you think about you know Trey Kevin DeAndre when he comes back John and then Clint and then second unit especially if Rondo plays better you got Rondo you got Bogey you know if you want to maybe put Cam then you know a kongu and then galinari it's like you know that's that's not bad like that yeah. that, that, that that's you've got scoring from bench to starters and exactly i i just feel like tra- that's why travis put the team together he the way he did because he's mm-hmm. like with this this should be the eastern conference this should be good enough to get us somewhere mm-hmm. and then it's a start and then you can look at okay do we really need to make any changes here do we need to make any changes there and go from there all right so that's pretty much, you know, Hawks talks. Of course, we had to get it in. Um, now we're going to transition over to everybody knows uh, NBA All-Star Weekend is upon us. Um, it's coming in the next few days. We've been uh, chosen. It's, you know, been switched from Indianapolis to here in Atlanta. I don't know why they chose to host it here. Out of all places, I feel like they were safer to keep it uh, in Indianapolis. But, you know, they made a change. It's going to be here. Um, Sunday, they're fitting everything into one day. Um, but, of course, there's always festivities going on in the Atlanta area um, when stuff like this comes to town. So the first question I wanted to ask everybody, um, like I said, we know All-Star Weekend is coming on, or All-Star Game is on Sunday, but I'm pretty sure people will be here Friday, Thursday, Friday, depending yeah, right on whatever the games. Exactly. <laughs> Got to get a few days in. So uh, 
First question out the gate, who gets caught in the streets of Atlanta this weekend out of Ooh. all the All-Stars? Out of all the All-Stars? Yeah, or anybody, honestly. Any, I, I don't know about the All-Stars, but out of anybody, man, uh, hopefully not Lil Dirk, especially why he still got his I'm Lil Baby is going to be somewhere, so if you lucky. Especially you with James Harden here? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> James Harden out, so yeah. under Mad City doing the deal on the wings, then might have right. to uh, get a tip piece real quick. The will going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I expect to catch James Harden in the streets, and I, 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 I expect to catch the young all stars out here. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Trying yeah. to enjoy their times, that first time. I wish there. it was warm. We might catch, could catch Kyrie in some pickup games. I feel like you could. I out. know. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you had to put your money on it, though, what guy do you think would get, you know, because I talked about it a little bit, of course, in my calls the past week. If you had to put your money on one of the guys just getting caught, slip up, you know, maybe in a, one of them, you know, the black little limousine vans that be riding through the, the down 85, <laughs> up 85 all the time, or even a guy that, you know, maybe on the side of the club, whatever the case may be. If you had to put your money on one of the guys, you know, getting caught on camera um, and making it to social media, who would it be? I think we all maybe got one consensus answer. We might have to leave him out of it. But if it was any other guy besides James Harden, who you think uh <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen B was caught out there. <laughs> that was my name. Yeah. He, 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 you know, he likes to have a bit of a life. He likes to kind of adventure a little bit. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if he he be out there. Maybe maybe with Ben. You know him and Ben. Yeah, I was gonna say Ben. I would say um, Devin Booker because we know Kendall is probably gonna be out, yeah. out somewhere down here doing her whatever she does. She does. <laughs> yeah. We watch out for Devin Booker in the streets. Yeah. I think he, he a low-key guy, but at the same time, I can definitely see him being somewhere. Oh, yeah, I, I, I can see him out. Mm-hmm. I can see him out I'm going to vote Jason Tatum. Did anybody remember Jason Tatum? His rookie year, he was trying to get in the club, but he was too young. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. He might be, yeah, I think you have age now. It might, they might. Actually, he's in Atlanta. It might not even matter. You just, they know, you know you somebody, you just, you let's go. Right. Coming through, so I'm I can definitely see him as well. You know who I would like to see get caught out in the streets just because it would be weird? Luca. Luca Dunn. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was supposed to be here. Let me go ahead and see what they talking about. I'll be hearing, you know, Lou Williams, like I said, Madison with the wings, everybody be out here and there. I could definitely, yeah. Like, this, this is supposed to be my home, so let me see. But, um, yeah, I guess. Uh, another thing is, it's, it's surprising, but I want to guess go on to, you know, the events. There's different events going on. I got a little notification yesterday. I think Bleacher Report is going to be streaming um, a few different things. Uh, and one of the ones is going to be a celebrity two-on-two matchup. I was hoping you were going to ask about that. Yeah, most definitely had to. You know, had to. I had to. Quavo and Jack Harlow versus 2 Chains and Lil Baby. I know we know that Quavo and 2 Chains could hoop 2 Chains with Alabama State. Quavo, we've seen him plenty of times in the All-Star game, even make, even get MVP a few times. Yeah. Jack Harlow's been in this one league. I can't even think of it, what it's called. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I haven't really seen him hoop hoop. I know he's been in this one league. I'm guessing he's okay. I'm not going to lie. I've never seen Lil Baby throw up a shot. So I'm really <laughs> concerned. I'm really concerned how he – I knew he was going to get picked just because he's, you know, the hottest name right now in the rap game. He's on yeah. every single – I know most of us don't listen to the radio, but every pretty pretty much every song that you hear on a hip-hop station here, he playing. So I knew they was going to throw him in something. But I've never seen him. He's been he names drops James Harden and other guys all the time. But I ain't never seen him shoot a shot. So what what do you guys think? 
um i guess of this matchup do you think it was a fun cool thing for them to, to for them to bring to the all-star game being you know all obviously everything we're going that's going on covid restrictions and all that um do you think it's a cool idea and i guess which two-on-two matchup do you think takes the takes home the trophy i got uh i got titty boy and little baby that's all the fact titty boy. oh my you said you're gonna take them yeah i got oh six five six six yeah, six six I'm oh yeah that is right yeah who's gonna guard him I think he gonna be good enough to cover up for whatever little baby can't do, which is probably nothing on the court for real. What's who changed today? Like forty two though. It's not like that, ain't he? That is, there. So you know, it's half court. He can. I guess so. Yeah. Steal sure. shots. Will little baby just get him the ball? He just shoot over Jack or Quavo. I like I said, I've seen Quavo play. I know Jack Harlow has played in some games. I don't know how good he is, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's supposed to be working with Tyler Hero on his jumper, apparently. Yeah, so <laughs> apparently, yeah. <laughs> so I still got Titty Boy and Lil Baby, though. Or, I mean, Chains and Lil Baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going with uh, Chains. He's the best player out of them all. But Quavo mm-hmm. is probably the best athlete. You know, he was a pretty good quarterback here. So we know he's active. Oh, yeah. He got those, yeah. he got those mm-hmm. legs, right? So, you know, um, that. but I'm, I'm going with Chains. He's just throwing the ball. He's shooting over everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and just take Quavo. I I be for what I seen, he yeah. feel like he could take over a game. He, he yeah. might just be like Jack Lee, you touch me. I got it. Yeah, this is a double team. I guess I I'm gonna go. I'm a you know so just so it's split too. I think I I'm, I can see Quavo and, and Jack Harlow taking the dub. That's because like I said, I know two chains. He is the best hooper out of them all. Six five. That's hard to guard, especially what Quavo's like at best probably five nine five ten. Jack right. Harlow can't be no taller. So. It's like well, that's a problem, but at the same time, I said he's forty-two. Maybe they figure out some type of defensive scheme. You know, it is half court two on two, and then like you just said, Quavo's an athlete. I think he could take over. He has a nice little shot. He can get to the bucket. Can finish as long as Jack Carlo can do something. I think they they are in decent shape. He looks like he can do something. Yeah. What um I guess before we move on though, what if any what NBA player does or what type of player does little baby? What what type of player do you think little baby? Would be like on the court. talk trash. I can see that for He just, I don't know why he just like he, he, I don't know, like fast, but like not a good fast, like just out of, just everywhere out of control type fast. Yeah, so I could, I could never see like a fat t- t- type guy. Yeah, because we all have seen all the, like the different videos. He'd be doing different stuff. What's that one video where Javante Davis was like? Getting ready to fight, and he over here just in the corner fighting by himself. Like he just looked like one of those spaz kids that you know he might get you a bucket too. Probably gonna have about 10, 10 12 steals. And if yeah. it's unlimited fouls, he hacking. So definitely hacking and none of them are fouls. <laughs> Crazy. But um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll move on, of course, to the to the actual events um of the of the uh night or the one night. Squeezing everything in. Um, so the first, uh, not the first one, but the halftime show is going to be the dunk contest. Uh, it's a little weak this year. We only got three people participating. Participating. Sorry. Um, was it Casey is uh, Stanley, mm-hmm. um, Anthony Simmons, and Obi Toppin. So out of those three guys, I guess kind of like what are you expecting, and who do you think may take the trophy out of, out of those three? I truly don't know. I mean, either Obi been hurt all year. Really, he ain't even really played. He ain't touched the court that that much. Of course, right. with, with Julius and and Nerlin Nor- 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 Noel, excuse me. Um, you know, playing decent ball. Um, Anthony said, I didn't even think he could really dunk like that. I ain't really seen him dunk in the I game. See- I, he's more so of a kind of like a three and D guy. I thought, and 
I think uh, Cass uh, is the most bouncy, but I'm taking yeah. Anthony Simons yeah. just because he's the biggest wild card for me. So I'm just taking the wild card. <laughs> he's taking the wild. Yeah. I truly, uh, I'm gonna Cash and Stanley because, like I say, he is. He definitely has the most bounce out of all the three players. Mm-hmm. I really don't know what to expect to expect from Anthony Simons, honestly. Mm-hmm. I've seen one dunk. But it wasn't anything spectacular. It was a little baseline <laughs> one hand. Yeah. Obi Toppin might have Obi Toppin actually might win it because I can just see him doing the best dunks. I'm going Cash Stanley and what's gonna probably be the weakest slam dunk contest since they uh had the wheel. Yeah. Well, not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna go ahead and go with Obi. Um I think he gonna I mean it's three people. I mean it's a halftime, so they kinda gotta do it quickly. Mm-hmm. So you kinda gotta probably bring out your best dunks. I think Obi's probably yeah. gonna have the most creative dunks uh out of everybody there um it's always the guy sometimes in these low-key not seems like really great dunk competitions that you know guys like an opie topping comes out and mm-hmm. you know plays you know really well and you know has the best dunk so plus he, he gives me this feeling that he's probably going to try at least to have the most spectacular dunks yeah, yeah. also in the contest yeah uh, i don't know either i i don't really want to go with him just because he's a knicks guy and it's starting to kind of make me a little angry the way they you know <laughs> not angry sorry chris you know off the ball right. network guys but you know i'm actually happy for them but at the same time i don't want to see them win anything else at the moment so <laughs> I'll, uh i'll take casey and stanley right now um i do know he's probably the most more bouncier guy um, i haven't really get, been able to see him in game action or anything but you know i couldn't see obi having the more creative dunks but i feel like he would have the more creative ones but can't finish them so i feel like somehow Casey Stanley may you know take the trophy, um, but guess we'll move on next uh, to the NBA All Star three point contest. I think this and the skill challenge will be you know the before events um, before the actual game. So NBA All Star three point contest, we got Stephen Curry, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Devin Booker, and Zach Levine. Pretty pretty healthy amount of guys and, and pretty big stars as well. All these guys are playing in the you know an All Star game. Also, so out of these guys, who do you think takes home the trophy? Star studded event, shout out to mm-hmm. Zach making the transition from dunk contest to the three point shootout. But I'm taking all right, take a step, yes, yeah. <laughs> gotta take step, <laughs> take a step with Devin Booker coming in second. Devin actually broke up, I remember Steph won and Clay won, and then Devin came and broke up there trying to dominate mm-hmm. the competition. So, uh, but I think Steph wins this year mm-hmm. with Devin in second place. Mm-hmm. I'm going Donovan Mitchell, I like his form. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's like how Ken Griffey Jr. had the perfect home yeah. run derby nice stands. Mm-hmm. Mitchell has, I think, it was going to be a perfect three point shootout stands. And Utah is so good. I mean, they might as well win something else for real. Like exactly, I'm not going to win championships, so at least they can have the um, say they got the three point shootout winner. Right. Yep. So yeah, down. I'm I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker is gonna get mm-hmm. get a second win. Yeah. Um, you know, just you know how hot he can get, you know what I'm saying? So, because honestly, it was going to be Damien before he pulled out. Mm-hmm. So, but my second place guy would have been Devin Booker. So, I think he's going to light it up. Yeah. I actually, I think I want to go, <clears throat> I want to go Devin as well. I just like him as a player. Um, I think he, you know, it just adds to that, um, you know, I guess that trophy case of, you know, second three point contest uh, champion. So, I think he – I don't know. I think he takes it well, but it's hard to go against Steph, like Fresh just said. It's really hard, especially the, the way – the type of season he's having as well. It's really hard to go against them. They're probably not going to win the championship either. Might as well 
get take take home another trophy and be another three point contest uh, or have another three point contest trophy at home as well. But I just like Devin Booker for some reason. It's speaking to me today. Devin Booker got to take take the trophy home um, for a three point contest this year. Uh, and then the last one that we got is uh, the skills challenge. Of course, this has been. It's been pretty, I guess, fun and eventful event to watch over the last few years, especially since they've added the big man yeah. um, to the competition. So this year we got Luca, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, uh, Sabonis, or Sabonis, my fault, and uh, Vucevic. Um, I don't know. I, I I really don't know who I would go with here, but you know, Fresh uh, and John, who, who do you guys think um, wins this one? I think uh, – oh, Robert Covington, he's in it also. Oh, yeah, Robert Covington, yeah, my fault. Um, which was – kind of weird too but <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think i'm gonna go i want to go julius Randle, but i don't want to pick a new york nick player yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i i'm gonna take chris paul to win i think this is his last big all-star weekend mm-hmm. um so let's go out with a bang chris paul uh chris paul was, was definitely my safe pick he still is my safe pick to win it i uh, I don't know, man. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go big, man. I'm gonna go Sabonis. Oh, I think outside of maybe, I think because I think the toughest part is probably gonna be the shooting. But he's a pretty decent shooter, so if he gets time and has a decent lead on somebody, he can probably knock down the shot of time. But mm-hmm. he is good fast, so he does have good enough handle to get up and down the court. So I'm going with Sabonis for the win. Yeah, uh, I'm actually go with Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know. You know, depending on people watching the Knicks, I mean, and he's he's expanded his game a lot Definitely. since he left LA. Mm-hmm. He can do a lot of different things. So I think he, he he's 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 pretty athletic. You know, he's actually not a bad passer. He can shoot it. You know, when he gets that portion of the skills challenge. So I think I think he'll be able to catch some fire, get a little lucky. You know, you need some luck in the rising. Sk- I mean, the uh, skills challenge. Yeah. And I think I think he'll come out with the victory. Yeah, I want to go Chris Paul as well. Um. Another guy, shout out to my fantasy basketball team. Another guy I got on the squad. Uh, like Fresh just said, I think he got to go out with a bang. Might be one of his, you know, I mean, well, the way he's playing now, who knows? But uh, I was about to say one of his last, like, big all-star, you know, weekend, all-star game weekend. So I think he can take it. Uh, looking at the other names on the list, I just, I don't know, like, who can, I guess, who challenges. Probably Julius Randle, like Bryce just said. That's probably his biggest challenge, in my opinion. Maybe I don't, I shouldn't, I guess, throw salt on Luka's name, but. Vucevic and, De- and Sabanis, I just don't see them really, you know, speed-wise and shooting-wise. Like, I know they're both capable of knocking down shots, but um, if I'm not mistaken, do you have to hit a half-court shot now? Or is it – oh, no, that was a different event. That's when they had, like, the the WNBA players, a young guy, and then uh, an old, old guy. I don't think they've done that in a minute. So, mm-hmm. um, I just think they probably struggle a little bit on, on, on the shooting, whatever it may be. Uh, I think it's with free throw or threes, but – I'll take Chris Paul um, and agree with Fresh on that one. And I know it's going to be hard for us to kind of predict, being that they don't draft till Thursday. But do um, do we think that LeBron James? I think it'll be his fourth straight if he does win this uh, this All Star game, third or fourth straight um, All Star game um, win. Or do we think uh, Team Kevin Durant takes it? Like I said, I know it's probably kind of hard to decide. I guess we first can maybe predict who takes who. Maybe a guy or two who who do we think you know LeBron drafts first, or who do we think KD drafts first, and then who do you think maybe uh, comes on top of the? This is gonna be the toughest year for LeBron. He has one every time, but he it's because he's always had the number one pick, so he's mm-hmm. been able to pick KD or Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. So this year, I'm really interested to see who his first pick is gonna be, um, because nobody really stands out for me in the starting lineup. You know, mm-hmm. he's gonna pick KD before first, and 
Anthony Davis. So uh, th- this should be an interesting year for LeBron. So I'm just taking Team KD just to see something different because I mm-hmm. think he ends up getting Kyrie and James Harden, and mm-hmm. that's going to be uh, – they they both going to get hot. So yeah. I got Kyrie winning MVP this year. Got to be his okay. third MVP. Third second MVP? Second or third. I got mm-hmm. Kyrie winning it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it do depends on that who has the first pick. But I think that second pick is going to be real important as well because I mean it's only two picks, but <laughs> it's going to be like, are you who's going whose plan is going to get messed up first? Like I say with LeBron not really having that person he know he want to pick, he would pick first. Mm-hmm. Where is he going to go? So I think KD is going to have advantage because he is going to definitely pick Kyrie, James Harden, and I think if he can get Joel on his team as well, mm-hmm. kind of seals to win honestly. So I'm going. I'm going Team KD. I guess. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna go K- Team KD too. You already know he's gonna make sure he gets KD and uh, I mean James and uh, Kyrie. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure he'll probably get either Giannis or Embiid or you know whoever on, on his team. And I just think you know with him on there because you know All Star game the last couple of years. You know first couple of quarters. You know it's kind of like everybody just doing their thing. Then fourth mm-hmm. quarter. You know, that's when they start playing hard. And then it's when you kind of notice, like, okay, the rosters. Okay, so who yeah. actually got a better roster here? Yeah. And everything like that. So I, I expect KD and them to be able to pick up the victory this year. And, you know, I guess, you know, his yeah. first uh, victory over LeBron or wow. something. Yeah. Well, I guess besides, yeah, that one that one year uh, in Golden State. But, yeah, I think uh, – I don't know. I feel like Le- LeBron carries on, you know, his, his winning ways. I guess I'll, I'll say he – He'll take it. It is going to be interesting, though, because I don't think he's going to want either Harden or Kyrie on the squad. Um, Like you said, if uh, even though he's not playing, KD has Kyrie and uh, Harden on one squad. And like you said, fit him with uh, Giannis or Embiid, it will be you know pretty tough to beat that type of squad. I know I think they're also doing the same format they did last year with when um, – what is it? Like they have to get to – or it's whoever scores the first 24 points after, you know, whatever they were set on or whatever – or 24 added on to the score, whoever's leading, whatever. And then whoever mm-hmm. gets to that, um, you know, whoever gets to that score first wins. So that was interesting to see last year how, you know, how everything played out. Unfortunately, it had to end on an Anthony Davis free throw. But, right. um, you know, I think that would definitely help build the intensity. And it'll be, you know, guys saying interesting to see who LeBron does pick first because there isn't one guy that really, really stands out. And if there is one, more than likely it's probably one of the Nets, maybe James Harden. And I don't really know. If LeBron goes that way. He doesn't get the first pick. But all in all, I think it'll be interesting. Hopefully, you know, there's some type of competition. And, you know, I guess I shouldn't fail to mention, shout out, I guess, for them to put it together because they are, um, you know, putting a lot of the proceeds of, you know, HBCUs and COVID, you know, COVID-19 relief and all that. Um, so I guess shout out to the NBA for, for doing that, um, even though we still kind of think they shouldn't have put on an yeah, NBA yeah. All-Star event mm-hmm. in the first place. So um but yeah man appreciate everybody you know for tuning in appreciate you guys for hopping on of course before we do end off the show i do want to make it a little bit more hawks related and uh or actually two things before we end off the show i wanted to ask you guys who do you think is uh you know i guess the dark horse to possibly make it to the finals this year i know we've seen a lot of surprise teams be really good the jazz probably sticks out uh in a lot of people's a lot of people's head right now Freshest 76ers are still number one in the in the East, so they're doing a lot of big things with all the changes that they they made this offseason. So who do you think is the dark horse to possibly make it to the NBA Finals and win the NBA Finals this year? Dark horse? Hmm. Dark horse to make it uh, – the dark horse for me to make it 
maybe not a dark horse team for most people, but uh, I would say Miami just because where they started at and mm-hmm. getting Jimmy Butler back. Um, and they just play with a different confidence with him on the court. So I can see Miami, you know, getting some matchups and feeling they're going to feel like they can beat anybody, even if they're the eight seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so confidence won't be a problem for them in the playoffs. Um, so I think they could be a dark horse in the East to make it. Um, and in the West, my dark horse team is the number one seed in the West Utah because Jazz. I do not think in the Utah Jazz. Yeah. So I don't think <laughs> the finals, but they, they're my dark – I guess they're my dark <laughs> <laughs> I just don't believe in anything. Yeah. We'll see. You know, that's why we play the game, right? Yeah. I'm going with Utah Jazz as well because even though they're the number one seed, I think people still expect it to be a Clippers-Lakers conference finals. Yeah. If they can play, yeah. if they can play in the conference finals, I know they're two or three right now. So, mm-hmm. right. It'll probably be a second-round matchup with them. But I don't think – I don't even – honestly, I don't even think Quinn Snyder got Utah going to the finals. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to win as many games as possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, honestly. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely going Utah. I don't really have a dark horse in the East because I think the East is so top heavy. Mm-hmm. It's really going to come down to Brooklyn or Philly. But if I had to pick somebody, just off how the team is made up and they get the right matchup, I go with Charlotte. To I think. Finals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, to the NBA finals. Yes, sir, LaMelo Ball. He doesn't run from matchups, he doesn't run from nothing. Gordon Hayward is just a really smart player. He's going to have them in position to win. And then we have a player like LaMelo Ball who gets everybody involved and can score himself. It's mm-hmm. going to be tough to beat. And Malik Monk, even though it doesn't go noticed, Malik Monk is one of the best six men in the NBA. He just hit another game. One, he just hit a game one of the other night. Mm-hmm. He's hit like at least three of his last four games, he's had 20 points. Mm-hmm. Just little stuff like that. They get hot against the right teams in a season that's kind of crazy. You never know COVID yeah. happen in the middle of the playoffs and like six Raptors are going to be out tonight. Yeah. Jeez. That could happen in the playoffs, honestly. <laughs> like mm-hmm. six, only six players, but like six players and four coaches for the Raptors out tonight. Yeah. So something like that could happen and they just get hot and make threes and play good defense and next thing you know, they're in the finals. <laughs> uh, Western Conference, I'm going to go. I'm actually going to go with the Portland Trailblazers. Um mm-hmm. I yeah. think, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, Damien is not scared of anybody. CJ, when they get healthy, nerd. Because, I mean, one thing you've bought Portland the last couple of years is we've never – we've really never seen a fully healthy Portland team for the most part. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and right now this is the most healthiest that they've been, even though they don't have CJ and nerd. But, I mean, outside of those two, they've been pretty much good to go. And with the offensive firepower they have, I mean, they can score with any team. Mm-hmm. If they could just get some stops, I mean, they they have just as good of a chance, I think, as a lot of teams in the Western Conference. And then on the Eastern side, uh, I actually might go with the Bucks, um, because I think Drew Holiday is is going to be that difference maker for him. Mm-hmm. Because you know, of course, like they're going to depend on Drew to do what Eric Bledsoe couldn't. Yep. And Drew is what I consider a glue guy, a guy who can kind of basically play both ends, score mm-hmm. and defend. You know what I'm saying? And to take that pressure off Giannis, because really, you know, in the playoffs, you kind of saw, like, I, mm-hmm. I said it was like, if you stop Giannis, then it's Chris Middleton. And there was really nobody else, because Eric Bledsoe was unreliable. Mm-hmm. Drew Holiday's more reliable. So even if you stop Giannis, you got to do with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, yep. and that gives you a better chance. Yeah, yep. I like that. I like that pick. Um, For me, I think in the West, I don't even know if it's dark, but it's just what I would like to see somehow, some way, even though it's probably never going to happen. I'd like to see the Phoenix Suns. Uh, you know, make it 
I think right. they've been playing really good ball. Um, I think they've been overshadowed, of course, by the you know the heavyweights in the West. Um, a little overshadowed, not much, but they've been playing really good ball. Chris Paul, of course, you know. Um, I think Mo has said it. I wanted to say, but I think Mo said it. He's probably if <clears throat> outside of LeBron, probably the best guy still playing to where you put him on a team and he instantly makes your your squad better. Um, it makes everybody around him better. It makes you a contender. So I think I would like to. Like I said, that's my dark horse. More than likely, they probably a second round exit, um, being all the top heavyweights in in the West. But that'd be a really cool uh, team to see to get make it to the finals. Um, and I just like Devin Booker so. Hopefully he gets there some 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 sometimes some you know time in his career. But East wise, I think I like to see Fresh's 76ers. That's my dark horse. I think I would like to see them get to the NBA finals as well. NB's having an incredible season. He's what second or third, maybe if not first on some people's MVP ladder right now. Uh-huh. Ben Simmons is probably gonna win defensive player of the year. Um, it seems like you can say with with that coaching change and um personnel change, we're putting more shooters around those guys. I think They've, you know, kind of taken all, like I said, they're number one in the East right now. Hopefully they continue to play at the play the way they are. Um, <clears throat> and Tobias Harris is having another great year. Of course, no surprise because Doc Rivers is coaching. And, of course, his best years as a Clipper was with Doc. Um, yep. So team seems like they, they have some type of a groove, some type of a rhythm, as long as they stay healthy. And we don't see, you know, something like John said where – Everybody catches COVID and they're they're all out because I think they have had to deal with a few COVID and injury related things this year. Um, so as long as they're able to stay healthy, I would I think that's my dark horse to possibly make it because you know they play defense and they can hit shots. So that's all you that's not that's all you really need, but that's tough to to you know touch stop and match up. And they got a lot of mismatches um on the floor as well, especially you know with MB being at a, a point point four point center type type guy i know we all saw that little move he made i think y'all tweeted about it that move that yeah yeah it was pretty nasty um but i know like i said last thing to hit off was want to circle back around make it hawks related and you guys can also you know plug in your shows let everybody know where to find you guys and of course i appreciate you guys for you know being on with me um tonight for sure for another uh, atlanta hawks fly through um but what change or what's the i guess what's the number one change you like to see from the Hawks in order to, like I said, we had high hopes six. We said no worse than six this year. So what's right. the change they need to make in order to make the playoffs in general? Um, and like I said, you guys you can plug away and let everybody know where they can find you. The number one change I would like to see from the Hawks is um, just just being able to close out games. So turn up that efficiency in the fourth quarter, uh, play smarter, mm-hmm. the ball, uh, try to get timely stops and kind of avoid kind of like the little silly fouls in the end that makes your team start really. Um, but I think the Hawks, they, they've lost, I, I don't know the number I had it earlier, but um, they've lost a good amount of games in the fourth quarter when going into it with the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, like way like too many games and they should have lost 12 out of 20, something like that. I think it's around between 10 and 12 games that they've had a lead fourth quarter and they've lost those games so but you can say you know young growing pains this and that but that's something i would like to see them uh get um first thing i know they can't fully control it but it has to happen if they want to make the playoffs they got they have to be healthy mm-hmm. like they just have to be at the end of the year like there's no more like no ticky tack injury missing games but like, mm-hmm. they gotta be as, as possible hopefully chris dunn's come back at some point yeah. like it's just like nobody's even talking about it at this point. Like he's just not playing. Yeah, I think with them being healthy, 
that's the extra bodies they can have. So maybe players won't be as tired. And that helps them in the fourth quarter, honestly, because 12 game losing 12 games when having a lead going to a fourth quarter, like you're never going to make the playoffs like that, honestly, and sustain consistent success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, honestly, like I said, just, just play better in the fourth, um, all movement and just remain, you know, remain consistent when you have the advantage. Don't let the other team get confidence getting back into the game. Don't change up when you have a lead is obviously big for me because it's very important that, you know, it, it, I mean, that's what good teams do. They're consistent and they know how to close out teams. And we have the ability to close out teams. We just got to actually do it. So mm-hmm. Exactly. And just to piggyback, literally every single point that y'all made is my points. Got to be healthy at the end of the year. Got to figure out. Can't be the Atlanta Falcons of the NBA. I know we're the same in the same state. You know, play right across the street from each other, but we can't can't be doing the same things that my Falcons did. Um, and like I said, just playing more so with, with confidence with the guys. You know, that may need a Cam, um, Hunter. We already you know has stepped up, and then like I said, just finding finding a groove, finding a rhythm, and have to close out games. So. Definitely think this team is capable. I know we're all in the grants. This team is definitely capable of making the playoffs, but yeah. little changes here and there have, have have to happen, and they have to be consistent in order for them to make that push. But again, you know, I guess we all know we're one or two games out from the playoffs anyway. So, like I said earlier, we have a solid week, solid two three games where we play and we win. We're right back in the conversation. So I definitely think they're they're capable, of, but. Again, like I said, appreciate you guys for you know hopping on with me, talking Hawks, talking NBA, talking All Star Weekend. Should be a fun, um, fun little event. And I know, we, of course, we'll we'll have more to talk about once everything is said and done after the weekend's over. But um, definitely want to let you guys give you the eyes opportunity, to let everybody know where to find you um, on social media and find you guys' work. Um, so, John Fresh, I'll let you guys go for first, of course. Yeah, for sure. So you can follow us on uh, Twitter at the Hoopers Pod and. Um... You can listen to our podcast, the Hoopers Pod, everywhere podcasts are available, Google Podcasts, Apple, all that fun stuff. Uh, every Friday morning, uh, you can catch us on the Off the Ball Network's Facebook page. We do the Hoopers Morning Run at 9 a.m. And then Monday and Friday at 8 p.m. on Nothing But Net Radio on the Dash Radio app. You got the Hoopers Hour every Monday and Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So, you know, download the Dash Radio app, go to the Nothing But Net uh, channel and give it a listen. Shout out to the Off Network for sure. A lot of cool people on there. Yeah, y'all can catch me uh, on Twitter. Uh, still working on the Twitter from actual podcast, which our podcast I actually have. We just started the. It's called the Sport Jam Podcast, where we just cover things in the NF- NBA and NFL. Okay. Uh, also, as Jelani mentioned earlier, I have a fan media show for the Atlanta Hawks. Just a quick ten minute mainly around 10 minute show interviewing people talking about the Hawks. You can see it on my YouTube at Bryce Lewis. You can also catch it on any platform. Like I said, Twitter underscore Bryce 2K, Instagram underscore Bryce 2K. And then also you can add me on Facebook or whatever you want to do. I post on all my <laughs> platforms. So you can also catch me in Atlanta Falcon show as well. So yes, sir. Yes, sir. And again, you know where to find me at um, Twitter, WTG, MTM podcast, Facebook, and Instagram is what the game means to me. We can catch this show and other shows that we've done in the past. Um, shout out to Off the Ball Network um, for giving us this platform, you know, to talk about our Hawks and uh, speak, um, especially, you know, the guy in charge being a Knicks fan. He was so gracious to let me go live on Off the Ball Network page tonight. So appreciate you, Chris. 
Um, but like I said, shout out to everybody that was tuned in, that comment, um, that watched, that listened, um, and you know, that's following us and, and continues to push us to be better each and every day. So appreciate everybody for uh, you know, tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on the Atlanta Hawks fly through. Have a good night.